Hey, what's up, everybody? This is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Whether you're a member at Parker Ford or just joining us online, it's great to have you with us today as we continue our midweek series that we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we are going to cover the last two verses in Matthew chapter 7. Last week, we actually wrapped up the text of the sermon, but then there's these two verses that show the people, the crowd's response. And I wanted to take a week to just explore that because it's beautiful and it's revealing of who Jesus is. Before we get into the text today um, and today's teaching, which is titled Power and Authority, let's, let's take a moment and just invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate his word for us. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, in whom has been entrusted, you, you've entrusted to your son, Jesus Christ, all power and authority, all sovereignty. He reigns forever. His kingdom will never end. It's come and it's coming. You're doing a work that has already begun, but is not yet complete. And you're continuing it you're continuing to fulfill your work through Christ even today in our own lives. We thank you that we get to be a part of that. We pray that today you would teach us and shape us through your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our culture, there's a real crisis going on of both information and authority. One of the things that living in this information age has done, whether intentionally or not, in culture, especially Western culture, is it has cut the legs out from authority. Think about it. Um, <laughs> the, the younger you are, maybe the more true this is, but we are increasingly skeptical of authorities. And one of the reasons is because we can just Google anything. So, you know, a teacher or a coach or a parent can tell us something and it's easy to just kind of blow it off because we can find a different answer. Um, if we Google, we can find a different expert. Um, combine that with post-modernity and sort of the, the conversation about truth being relative and you sort of get this hyper-toxic um, culture where there's no such thing as authority anymore. All authority is questioned. All authority is doubted. And we can see this having all sorts of repercussions politically and spiritually, even economically, certain, certainly culturally, philosophically. This has all sorts of ramifications when we no longer trust authority. Now, we as people need to be discerning. In fact, Paul exhorts um, his, the, one of his churches to test every spirit. We need to be wise and discerning and not just listen to every voice and not just be tossed about by every wind of teaching and doctrine. We need to be a discerning people who are grounded in the truth. But there is a need for us to submit to authority. And this runs throughout the scriptures. This is a meta-narrative that runs from Genesis to Revelation, that God has designed us um, as his creatures to be a people who submit first and foremost to his authority, but then also to the authority of those he raises up, his priests, his prophets, even his kings that he anoints um, 
you know, people, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is good, this is right. This is one of the the earliest uh, commandments. Paul says it's the first commandment that comes with a promise. So there's this narrative that runs through scripture of the people of God being a people who learn to not only be discerning, not submit to every voice, but who do submit to the right voice. In Matthew chapter 7, after the sermon has wrapped up, there's these two verses that capture the response of the people to Jesus' teaching. He's just given what is arguably the most profound teaching in human history through the Sermon on the Mount. And this is their response. It says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 28, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. The people were used to these uh, teachers who pontificated and gave all sorts of, you know, sort of uh, midrash, which was this idea of chewing on things and, and a lot of speculation. And they had so many, so many rules and so many things that they, that they would teach. And a lot of it was good. Jesus doesn't reject it all. But he teaches with authority that was new, that they had never experienced before. When he finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished. Have you ever heard a teaching that was so profound that you were just left speechless, dumbfounded, astonished? When we can hear Jesus with all of his authority authority, teach this, um, that should be the response of our hearts, to be absolutely astonished at the brilliance and wisdom of his, of his teaching. For he was teaching them, it says in verse 29, as one who had authority and not as their scribes. That's at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. At the end of Jesus's earthly ministry, captured in the same gospel, in, in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 28, this is right before Jesus ascends into heaven. This is uh, when he gives the great commission. He says to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It says in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16, the 11 disciples, because Judas um, had obviously fallen away at this point, went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. So Jesus had been appearing over a series of weeks to his disciples. At one point, um, Paul says that he appeared to about 500 people during this uh, five-week or so stretch. And so he's showing up to different people. At one point, he shows up to the 11 disciples and he says, meet me in Galilee at this certain mountain. And so in Matthew 28, 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples, they go to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Verse 17, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, if you've been a part of Parker Ford for any amount of time, you've probably heard me talk about this verse before. I think it's a really, really key and important and very intentional that Matthew included it here. Now, think about this. These are people who have seen and touched and ate with and experienced the resurrected Christ. They are standing before him in his resurrected state. And it says they worshipped, but some doubted. Some were still wrestling with doubt. I think Matthew includes that in there. I think the Holy Spirit includes that in the scriptures as a gift to you and I. I don't know that there's any person who goes through life without struggling with doubt at some point. And uh, many of us have uh, experienced religious um, 
structures, religious institutions, where it was very, very frowned upon or looked down on if you had questions or doubt. I know I've been in institutions like that um, in the past, and it can cause this massive crisis within us. If, if something within us is questioning or really wrestling um, with, you know, is Jesus real? Is he, who he, is he who he says he is? And so on. Jesus doesn't rebuke them for struggling with doubt. He, in fact, exhorts them and encourages them. And so I want Parker Ford Church, I want our community to be a place where you are allowed to be you. You're allowed to be human, where you're allowed to wrestle with the things that you're wrestling with. Of course, I want us to be a people who are pursuing Christ in every single way, knowing that all authority and power rests in him. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to have questions. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles along the way. So I just want to encourage you today, wherever you're at in your own spiritual journey, it's okay to wrestle with God. And if you're experiencing doubt, I want to remove the shame from that today and invite you to go on a journey of questioning God. He's not afraid of your questions. You can come to him. You can come to him with every single question that you have. He is trustworthy and good. So the disciples are gathered around him on the mountain. They're worshiping him, but some doubted. Verse 18, and Jesus came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. No wonder the people were astonished at his teaching at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, realizing that he taught with real authority. He says, Jesus says, God has entrusted to me not a measure of authority, not a lot of authority, all authority. This is an all-encompassing total statement. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now he's going to give us Give us a mission to walk out. Give us a purpose and an intention. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's important here to realize that it's hard to translate this into English from the Greek. What, what a literal translation would be is as you are going, and then the verbs, the commandment verbs are make disciples, baptize, and teach. So make disciples, baptize, teach. As you're living your life, whatever that looks like, wherever God calls you, go as you are going, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach all of the things that Jesus has given us to observe. And behold, he says, I am with you always to the end of the age. Skyjatani, in his book, What If Jesus Was Serious, his little devotional, he says, most rabbis of the day gained credibility and a following by appealing to their educational resume. They publicized what schools they attended, what highly regarded religious scholar they studied under, and often cited well-known biblical experts in their sermons to give them more credibility. Jesus did none of those things. In other words, other scribes taught by authority while Jesus taught with authority. Did you catch that? Other scribes taught by the authority, by the authority of others that they would reference or, or name drop, but Jesus taught with authority. This explains why his audience was astonished. I have to confess, I've certainly been guilty of that temptation of, of, 
um, at times um, trying to build my own credibility by saying, you know, what degree I have or who I've been taught under or what voices I've read or listened to. Um, Jesus taught by his own authority. <laughs> Any authority that I have or that you have is, is in submission to him. But his authority is unique because all authority and all power has been given to him. So as you reflect on these verses today, I'd encourage you to spend a few moments meditating on the different words that show up and, and the different emotions that the people must have been experiencing in Matthew 7, verses 28 to 29. And you can ask yourselves the following questions. What does it mean that Jesus possesses all authority? Is Jesus the final authority in your life? Or is there someone else or something else that you look to for the final authority, even if it's your own, your own thought life, your own self? And how might Jesus be offering you and I a path forward that's different than what the world has to offer? Let's be careful about the voices we listen to, but let's submit together to the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, trusting him in every way. Hope you have a great week today, a great day today, a great week this week, and I pray blessings upon you. Go with God.